This quarter to three movie podcast is brought to you by Interceptor. Available only on Netflix. The tough and reality bruised Captain J.J. Collins finds herself in charge of a lone nuclear missile interceptor base what? in the middle of the Pacific Ocean after she is wrongly, wrongfully drummed out of her dream job at the Pentagon. When a simultaneous coordinated attack then threatens the base itself, Collins comes face to face with the charismatic yet crooked Alexander Kessel, a former U.S. military intelligence officer intent on carrying out an unthinkable plan. With only minutes on the clock, <laughs> Collins must utilize her years of tactical training and military expertise to determine who she can trust, might be whom, and stop Kessel and his covert mercenaries from completing their twisted and terrible mission. Starring Elsa Pataki, Luke Bracey, and Aaron Glenane as Beaver. Don't miss Interceptor, only on Netflix. It's raining man. Quarter to three movie podcast for men. For the, the movie men, it's for, for, for men and women to listen to. Uh, I am Tom Chick, and I am here with Kelly Wand, who has brought us a tagline for men. Kelly Wand, take it away. This podcast is strong enough for a woman, but made for a man. <laughs> Kelly Wand, do you have a tagline for men? that people who aren't acquainted with advertising in the last century might understand. Yeah. Finally, an Alex Garland movie about gender. Hmm. Uh, Do you have one for me, Kelly Wand? Finally, an Alex Garland movie with a weird ending. (laughs) Okay, I'll take that one. Kelly Wand, are there four taglines for men, or does men only have as many taglines as it has letters? (laughs) Wow. Um... (laughs) I hate to compete with that, but finally an Alex Garland movie. Oh, okay. That's good. I like that. That was I a nice one. last one. Whoa, a fifth. Okay, go. What do you got? Wicker Woman. Oh, you should have led with that. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, not, no, no, I'm no. not ending with the good ones. No, no, you're right. You're right. No, no, you should have you, you did right. Yeah. Don't don't take advice from me when it comes to taglines, Kelly Wand. I, don't I think know. we've all learned that. Yeah. I don't know. It's either the first one or the last one is the good one. But then I, I have did. to know... Oh, God, who gives a shit what I'm talking about right now? Let's get back well, to the movie. Kelly Wan, you, you have made clear this movie was written and directed by Alex Garland. Oh, yeah. I was trying to it's, save you some time. stars Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. Hmm. Kelly Wan, it is rated R for disturbing and violent content. Maybe for gra- Graphic nudity, hmm. grisly images, and language. <laughs> Now, Kelly Wan, in case there are parents listening to this podcast thinking about bringing their children to see men, is there anything else they should know about that the MPA maybe didn't mention? Well, I'm going to try and gear these more towards parents because I Ah. feel like I, as a non-parent, represent parents best. You you are a valuable resource. And and I see parents as my children. (laughs) Okay. What would would you tell them then about men to be on the lookout for? I would tell my children – about men, uh, I would rate it G uh, for peril, like Lightyear. That's one I haven't seen before. Uh, and M for mail slot. 
Get it oh, right, right. <laughs> Very and good call. Yeah. 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 Uh, there was a Winnie the Pooh movie that what? was rated G for striking out in a blizzard. <laughs> yep. Why? I like that striking out was how they put it. As well, opposed that, to just yeah. t- uh, terrifying weather conditions or frightening. It was something like no. setting out in a blizzard. I might be confusing my baseball terminology. No. But, okay, you know what? I'll stick with striking out in a blizzard. Yeah, Like falling? Kelly Wan, speaking of striking out, <laughs> yeah. on Metacritic, men yeah. is at 65. That's the average rating from That's various reviews. Well, here you go. Here's one that you'll enjoy, Kelly Wand. The percentage like of- 5-10 split. Okay, go on. I don't understand. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know golf. I don't follow your golf terminology. But oh. on Rotten Tomatoes, the percentage of positive reviews, Kelly Wand, it's sixty nine. Oh. <laughs> on CinemaScore, this movie got the same rating as Adam Wingard's Blair Witch Project remake, which is a D plus. At the box office, uh, we're not even doing that anymore. Let's say it made less. <laughs> Made less than Top Gun, but more than the Morbius re-release. So somewhere in there is how well Men did. That's the uh, financial over/under. Exactly right. Now, before we do our own uh, critical over/unders, Kelly Wand, I'm a little confused about some of the the plot. Really, well, I like, found it pretty straightforward. Well, you know, then maybe you can help me with it by providing a synopsis of of the movie. Did you watch this movie correctly, as I did? Really baked. Should we talk about that? You know what? We should maybe talk about that. All right. Uh, it's got a bit of a new twist. Um, I have in – you know, we haven't podcasted for the past year. Yeah. Uh, and, and over the past year, I went through a, a period where uh, I w- <laughs> was struggling with, um, with, a, with a ton of nausea. Hmm. Uh, and I was giving medication. It wasn't helping. And one of the things that did help was actually – the medicinal use of uh, marijuana. Ah, see? Yeah, which uh, you and I have talked about this. I don't know if the listeners know about this, but uh, it has indeed been part of uh, my me- – it's been how I've dealt with uh, me being sick lately, and I'm past that, which is great. I, I feel a lot better, but uh, I think it has colored how I watch certain movies. So uh, pretty much all the movies that we will talk about, I have seen – Unstoned, unhigh. Some of them I have also seen high, uh, but generally, for the most part, I, I'm straight. Because here's my issue, Kelly One, and we've talked about this. I feel that if I watch a movie high, I lose a lot of my critical uh, standards, and I like it yeah. no matter what. Hmm. So I'm concerned that uh, when I watch certain movies under that uh, inebriated state, if, if you will. Uh, it's sort of – Or it wears it's a, off and then you turn on it like the Northman. Well, OK. So that's what happened in Northman is I went to see Northman. Uh, I went into the theater under the influence of marijuana. I, I do confess that is legal here. You know, nobody turned me into the cops. I and you're a medical I, patient. And, and I, I, I did have a medical excuse for it before. Mm-hmm. Not when I went to see Northman. That I confess, strictly recreational. Now, you had <laughs> told me. And you have even demonstrated to me in the past that you can consume marijuana while you watch a movie, like in the theater with a vape pen. Well, and uh, read. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I was reluctant to do that. So what? Because I just 
Well, I'm I, I'm I'm not as cavalier as you about the whole thing. Like it's still a bit of an event for me. Fuck um, people. What have they done for us lately? <laughs> well, so when I went to see Northman, and we we talked about this. Um, I, I was I was slightly high going in, but it wore off as the movie went on, and I think I didn't like the movie. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I liked Northman okay, but I didn't like it as much as you. And did you, you compensate for that internally? Like you know it's that, and then you can still pretend you're stone. Well, that's partly why I, I wouldn't like if we were to do a Northman podcast, I would feel the need to see it again. Oh, okay. Because I remember seeing it early on and being slightly high and thinking, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And then at, cer- at a certain point, I completely fell out of love with it, and it just seemed kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I, saw, like, I saw Birdman with a splitting fucking headache, and like right? I could barely. And I just, I go, I don't, and then, but the next day I thought I like replayed the movie in my head. I don't know if you have that ability. It's like a little projector. Oh, and then I was like, yeah, it's good. Like I I, I remembered what happened in it shot by shot. I don't have your recollection. I remember when you got me high, when we went to see that, that Harley Quinn movie. Oh, and I remember sitting there next to you in the theater, yeah. realizing as I was watching the scene that I had no idea how this character got to the scene and what she was talking about and why she was there. You need furthermore, to know that. Furthermore, it didn't impact my enjoyment at all of the movie. There you <laughs> go. Was, See? But that's the thing is I would uh, – like I would not – be able to like I, I don't think that I'm just a stoned idiot enjoying any old movie at that point. You'd, you're saying you'd rather have been sober and watched her drive up to the scene in a car, got <laughs> out of the car, and then you would have gone, "Yep, she belongs in that building because she parked in front of it." I'm just saying that when I am high watching a movie, mm-hmm. I can't always be trusted to understand what's going on. Um, I have that problem, but with other like bigger drugs. Like if I do a ton of weed and Xanax and wine and heroin, then, <laughs> then I may have to rewatch the second half. Right, right, right. Um, but as I've said to you before, I mean, I do feel like, in a way, I feel that it was instrumental in how deeply I enjoyed and care about movies like Dune and Titane. Like I, uh, uh, um, Titane. No, Dune. Okay, go on. What? Um, but I've seen both movies several times, uh, and that was the thing with Dune too. Is I, I was totally stoned when I watched Dune the first time, and I had no idea what had just happened. Um, but I thought about it for days on end, and then I went back and I watched it for real, and I was mad that it was half a movie. And that's how reading the book feels. You're like, what the hell just happened? Eh, I'm okay with the book. I better I'm start not... the next one. No, yeah. I never had that. I haven't read any of the other Dune books, but really, so yeah, why would I do that? So at any rate, going into Men – so here's the deal, and here's why I want to mention this. I saw Men after seeing Doctor Strange, and it was going to be part of – like I was going to – I was going to do – I was going to see Doctor Strange, Men, and uh, Top Gun all in one day. Right. So I got – That sounds insane. Oh, I have no problem doing that. I have no problem. I I can't get three, dude. Absolutely. And that, by the way, is how I've seen uh, everything. Everything, everywhere, all at once so many times is I'm doing that La La Land thing where between movies, I just go into there and I sit there and just bide my time and watch whatever portion I have of that movie until the next one starts. So anyway, Hmm. that's what happened. I went to see Doctor Strange. I was slightly high, (laughs) but not much. But then I went in and I sat in everything, everywhere, all at once waiting for men to start. 
then, uh, you know, I, I even thought about, oh, maybe I'll just sit here and watch the rest of everything everywhere all at once. But no, I went to see men and I thought about getting high before men, but partway through, because I brought my vape pen with me because I had learned from you, I decided, nah, I don't think I want to be high for this. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that furthermore led to me not seeing Top Gun afterwards. Like afterwards, I just wanted to go home for reasons that we'll talk about on the podcast. Um, so all of that is to say, Kelly Wand, Getting no. back to what the movie's about. All of that is to say, no, I was not high, but I am still nevertheless slightly confused about certain plot points, and I would love a synopsis of men. What would I call such a thing? Well, Kelly Wand, I think you could only call it a menopsis. 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 There, did I get it? Wait, are those the lyrics from Yakety Sax? No, that's phenomenon. That Sesame Street thing, right? Did I do it wrong? Did you really not? I I, I assumed people I were Benny Hill music. No, it's just it's Sesame, Sesame Street, Do Benny Hill. You know, it's it's either so. end of the life stage, right? He's like a kind of a muppet. Benny Hill? I thought I always thought Benny Hill was just for old English people. No, there's a lot of boobs. He does a lot of sex jokes. That's right, I mean. right. For old English people who have naked ladies on page three of their newspapers, and right? he does fast motion stuff, which was fun when I was yep. twelve, like baseball With players. Boobs. In the olden days, yeah. Huh. All right, getting back to this, Tom. Yes, Kelly Wand. Monopsis? <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> That's Sesame Street to you. <laughs> I've never been... Oh, also, we have to discuss your review of Mr. Mom later. Um, um, it might come up during the uh, men podcast. Menses? Okay. <laughs> because I did watch it, and there are no clones. There's only one occurrence of Michael Keaton in Mr. Mom. Right. But now you got to watch Multiplicity, the one I think you were thinking of, and see if Terry Gar's in it. <laughs> Is she? Don't lie to me, uh, Kelly Wand. I hope, but probably not. No. Too much to hope for. <clears throat> Menpsis. Oh, I was close. Although yours makes more sense. I'm going to go with it. Menopsis. Do, 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 do. A brunette British lady named Men with a bloody nose stares in slow motion as her large black husband falls past her window outside. Kelly Wadden, it's not so far you're not doing anything that wasn't on screen. Right. I would say when, this, hopefully this is explaining the movie to you. All right. Carry on. His expressions all wait, what movie am I in? A title screen's all Mensis set to evil piano twangs. Later, in a gigantic but cutely creepy country house, um, oh, when's Mr. Man slibble slabble up the gantry with a tiddly wiffle pumpkins? Oh, on single, kind of. There was a flashback. Gracious, Guernsey Feather, Brillig Badgers. Well, here we have the left cupboard, Bogovia, and uh, here's sliding puffily tashers, be sure daily whack those twice daily, good heavens, shalilio, flippity gibbet, and thick, warm, salty streams all over the cumber battery. Mm. She shakes her head at us. Man. Later. And then I watched him fall past my apartment window in slow motion. Oh my god, that is so Gary. What did he land on? The spikes? <laughs> yep. The spikes. Wow. So you guys eating out tonight? 
Mildred, Gary's dead. Were you even – you just said the spikes. So how's the country house? That's super cool that you're somehow able to just hang out for a couple of weeks and get some you time. What's the landlord like? I eat your soul, bitch. Right. <laughs> Mildred, did your face turn demonic and squiggly for a sec there in RL? Or is that just my phone? Yeah. So what color are your bathroom tiles? Later, in a charmingly dank sewer pipe. Ha. Huh. <laughs> Suddenly a naked man screeches like a buzzard and runs at her. I know which character I am. She sighs irritably and tricks him outside by slipping uphill. Then she tries to take a picture of a farmhouse, but he tricks her by suddenly being in the shot with his grimy dick and balls. God. She rolls her eyes and storms off. Later. Wow, that sounds so fucking hot. What kind of farmhouse? What? Mildred, I just said he was naked and terrorizing me. Well, you also said he was bald, like Gary. And didn't you meet Gary singing in a sewer tunnel? <laughs> Yes, but it was the theme to Rocky Two. Well, if he shows up, you can just kill him with that axe. What axe? That axe behind you, by the fireplace, has the word Chekhov carved into it. That must be a popular axe handle brand. Wait, is that the guy? The naked one behind you, staring through the window at us? I have a window. Whoa! Later. Yeah, miss, so we hosed him down and gave him some hobnobs. He should be fine. Poor blighter. Shouldn't be bothering you no more. Get up. Poor him. Wait, are you the only other female in this town and you're a cop and you're siding against me? What the fuck, Garland? I guess, Jira. Ooh, nice sideboard. Be chuffed if I could glue it to me fanny and shag me pram. <laughs> You have to understand British slang, Tom, for some parts of this film. I'm, I'm learning a lot. The male cops all. Uh, I think I'm the same actor as the other guys. Uh, yes. And then the female character shakes her head at us. British horror movies. To unwind, she goes to a graveyard. As she walks past a church, a kid with a plastic princess mask is all, Hey, bitch, wanna play hide-and-seek? Fuck you. <laughs> Run along now, Stinky. You're making Mrs. Men cringe. There, there, let me put my hand on your thigh. Isn't that better? I saw you having a meltdown in the pews a few minutes ago. It went on quite a while. I thought perhaps Stinky and his impish charm might restore your spirits. But alas. Yeah, you seem cool. What with your, your, your long gray hair, that's nice. Ha! The carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> How about the leering demonic face on my altar? Would you like to see something similar? But even harder. Uh, yeah, so my, my boyfriend punched me in the face for me texting my friend. I was worried he was going to punch me in the face for me texting my friend. Then he went upstairs and broke into our upstairs neighbor's apartment and jumped or fell on some spikes. Kind of weird the neighbor's not in this, actually. Actually, it's kind of weird he didn't just use our balcony because it looked pretty high up in the flashback. <laughs>
It must have been annoying, all the screaming. Oh, he wasn't screaming. It was slow motion. <laughs> no, I meant you screaming. Wah, you broke my nose. That must have been annoying for him. <sighs> okay, thanks. Jesus Christ. Later that <laughs> night, she walks alone to the only bar in town to yell at her landlord in front of the whole town. And then he stared at me naked through the window, just like my husband as he was killing himself. So I called the cops the second Mildred finished telling me my horoscope. What do you say to that, Mr. Crumplets? Oh, gracious, we looked at Zensbury Gazebo's teller ending divided by Babel Fishery. (laughs) Okay, thank you for that. Anyway, at least that homeless creep's in jail now, so I can sing in a sewer pipe without getting interrupted by nudity. Oh, yeah, about that, miss. Uh, We released him this afternoon. Seemed like a nice bloke. What? Yeah, as it happens, terrorizing women uh, isn't technically against the law yet here in Cotston. In fact, we drove him back to your front yard and gave him a copy of your front door key just in case his feelings was hurt by your being rude to him. Another guy with a blind mohawk saw, I'm man number 11. You'll be having nightmares about me tonight. Beside me, McAvoy works on his crossword. Men, the female characters all, men, the gender, and storms off. In the bar, the men all nod knowingly at each other. Yep, estrogen, that's the weird one, right? Once outside and hearing nearby screeching, men, the female character, belatedly realizes that her character doesn't have a car or a bike, so she runs home shrieking. Later, and then, as if that wasn't enough, McAvoy kept working on his crossword. Oh my god, that's it. I'm driving up there right this second. It sounds awesome. Mildred, no, it's fine. I'm probably just freaking out because I think I'm in a horror movie, but it's really this cute Irish rom-com, which would explain the demonic phone and the naked man's tan lines. Hello, Mildred? Oh, hey, officer. Yeah, could you stop ruining my apple tree there? Also, where'd you go? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Trick or treat my butthole. By the way, here's some mail for you. I picked up off your porch. Ow, my hand. What? Ah, come on. Ow, 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 ow. Ow. Beside me, Charlie's Theron's all. Why didn't he torque his hand 90 degrees first before pulling it back through the a donut ship rolls over? <laughs> Meanwhile, men the female character runs screaming into a bathroom and closes the door, but instead of bolting it, stares at it until someone knocks tentatively. Oh, is this movie almost over? Please. The vicar walks in. I suppose you have many questions. Okay, um, so are you like Pennywise, or is this town just super inbred, or am I high, or is Kelly too high, and this is a rom-com? Perhaps this will quell your curiosity. The vicar spreads open his vagina lips and gives slimy birth to Ryan Gosling. Uh, hello, horror film enthusiasts. Uh, I assume from the title that this is a sequel to First Man... Uh, I would have appreciated it if more of my script notes had been addressed. Uh, to reiterate just one, I definitely would have preferred fake amniotic fluid. Gosling gives birth to Arnold. Beside me, Cronenberg throws up. What is Mr. Freeze's favorite temperature? Zero degrees Fahrenheit. Aha! I'm scary. 
women in the audience know that Mr. Freeze is one of the good male super characters because he was trying to save his wife by freezing a city to death and killing a millionaire. Also, my nemesis should logically be Aquaman. <laughs> Suddenly, much to his annoyance, Arnold gives birth feet first to Kevin Costner. <laughs> How's it feel to have a mouthful of Costner, bitch? Tastes like Oscar, don't it? <laughs> yeah. Much like you, it tastes like something that has not aged well. That you are alive and Ray Liotta is dead makes you a clown to me. He gargles incomprehensibly for a few more minutes before we realize he's giving birth. Ben Foster? <laughs> In the World of Warcraft motion picture experience, I played the wizard Medivh, the last guardian of Tirisfall, an ancient line of protection. <laughs> He vomits out naked black Gary, the suicide husband, who sits on a couch and stares at us, then eventually men, the female character. Well, this is all your fault. If you'd spaced the fence spikes properly, my foot would be twisted in the right direction. <sighs> oh, well. What's for dinner? And fuck your more girls. Tonight we're watching Dark Star. Then I'm going to fart in bed all night. What do you say, cupcake? She looks at him and fingers the axe on her lap like Brad Pitt did the harpoon gun. <laughs> After some words remind me of the title of the movie, Mildred parks and walks up the house while men, the female character, smiles at her and waves excitedly with the bloody axe. Mildred looks around at all the apples and princess masks and male corpses with vaginas and shakes her head. Classic Gary. The end. Oh my god, Kelly. Ah, oh, you liked it. Okay, good. I was worried. Oh, I needed that. That was so perfect. All right. I'm still uh, kind of shaking the rust off, you know? I don't know if I can hit the high notes the way I used to. I mean, Kelly Wan, what you did I'm in my that... Logan era right now. Uh, uh, if that. Okay, good. I'm glad you liked it. You sound like you liked it. Uh, Kelly Wan, that was awesome. I mean, I always worry. Okay. Because uh, here's the deal. I sit there watching men thinking, what the heck is Kelly Wan going to do with this? Really? That was an yeah. easy one. Was it? Okay. Well, okay. Well, before we. Okay. Kelly Wand, I have a question for you. If they're horror, just stick to what actually happens in the movie, because it's usually a bunch of gobbledygook. Oh, interesting. Well, does that well? Why don't you tell me what's a movie that is slightly better, or that's better than men? A movie that's not quite as good at it as it. And then, very briefly, what did you think? And then throw it over to me. Uh, I was a really big fan of the movie. I love the uh, one sane woman genre. Hmm. Uh, I. Consider I put others in that category as your next. I would say, okay, yep. uh, orphan, orphan, mm. maybe sea fever, maybe sea fever. So you have okay, right, right. Um, but my over was uh, Rosemary's Baby. Um, oh, very good, very good. Right. <coughs> excuse me. Kind of a controversial choice in my own head because. She's very frail as a last girl, but I love it when she finally snaps. And I also feel like that was kind of the first awesome movie of the genre to go. Like, I don't know, like that plays into women's. It like exploit. It surely exploits society's inherent sexism to convey cosmic paranoia. Did you, you just that? think that up? Is that your line? Yeah, that's a good line, Kelly Wand. Thank you. 
What's a movie that's not quite as good as Men? My under is Black Christmas, which I think was also trying <laughs> to teach us something. But I didn't like any of the characters, and um, it wasn't isolated enough. I like it when there's only one woman who's smart, and everyone else is dumb in the entire movie. Like, she's the Dirty Harry. And Would, uh, um, who is the Black Christmas Alien. director? Solia, Sophia <laughs> Picall, is that her name? Yeah, I think so. Would Always Shine, her previous movie, would that be a one sane woman thing? Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. yeah. That should have been my over. Thanks for reminding me. Thanks for twisting the knife, chick. You already had four overs, Kelly Wand. Uh, I, you know what? Might as well throw in a fifth, sure. Oh. Uh, then my fifth would be uh, always shine. Oh, always shine. Yeah, I'm putting that down. And also, what kills you makes you stronger. Oh my uh, god! Right, right. Yeah. If it doesn't kill you, what was it called? Um, you got to eat it. That which makes you stronger. No. So, yeah. What makes you stronger? What makes you stronger? You know? Yeah. She was in the boys, looking very different and playing a very different character, which they didn't realize was. She, you know, no, Brittany, not Murphy. What, what's her last name? But yeah, yeah, very different. All right, well, Kelly Wand. Enough from me. Yeah. All right, Kelly Wand, my over is a movie called Wolf of Snow Hollow. I saw it. I loved it. Of course you did. Great movie. One of my yeah. favorites from last year. Uh, and it's Jim Cummings making a werewolf movie that uses lycanthropy to tell a story about men and anger. Um, right. Like, I, I think... Uh, Werewolf movies, I'm not a fan of most werewolf movies, but the ones that I like are very clear about, you know, what the allegory is. And I really like what he did with lycanthropy in uh, Wolf Snow Hollow. And the protagonist was memorably original. Like, I like that actor. Yeah, 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 definitely. Jim, that that character, which uh, is basically the same character from Thunder Road, his last movie, but in a werewolf movie, uh, is great. Like, I love the fact that he is the director, the writer, and the, the lead actor, and he's willing to play someone so fundamentally flawed yeah uh, i love that um so that's my over because i feel like that is a great example of how to use allegory and horror to tell a compelling story which i think is what alex garland uh is attempting with men hmm. my under kelly one have you ever heard of a movie called faces in the crowd with mila jovovich no she catches um in this movie she catches a uh, face blindness which is a condition where you can't recognize someone's face, and, and the way That's they do a good it, horror movie. Yeah, the way they do it in the movie is they have different actors coming in, like to play her husband in every scene. So she's totally confused. Um, it's it's like the inverse of Men, where there's one actor playing multiple characters. Here, there's multiple actors playing one character to represent her face blindness. Um, it sounds like that Nicole Kidman movie. Before I go to sleep, or whatever it's called, where she has oh, amnesia and she's before I wake. Called. Yeah, before I wake. Yeah, yeah. There's Mike Flanagan. I, I think so right, it's like right, she's right. as dumb as the audience. That's well, the, the one that part. I think of that it's a better case situation for that. Dumb, is a, but, you know. that that Florian Zeller movie, The Father. Um, yeah, like that. That like the way that he plays with characters and cast members and mixing yeah. that up to represent your state of mind. Like I thought that was just the best That's case brilliant. scenario for it. Yeah. But Faces in the Crowd is dumb. Like it's just a, a, it's a dumb thriller, and they use it as a plot device because she she's witnessed a murder and she has to identify the killer, even though she's got face blindness, and the killer knows that she's got face blindness. So, 
Uh, it's a dumb movie. It's stupid. I feel like she needs a gimmick to work around it. Like she figures something out, the killer, she catches him out in some smart way. Oh, definitely. I mean, I haven't seen it in forever, but it's it's uh, dumb, and I'm sure there's there's some twist at the end. Yeah, but hmm. but uh, my so and the reason, and it's only <laughs> slightly underneath men because Kelly Wan, my takeaway from men, I hated it. Um, I kind of thought you would, but I loved the cinematography, so I was gonna. I liked some of it. I mean, there were certainly some great. Oh, like, shot. You have to like the movie. Um, uh, well, maybe you can make me like it. So here's the deal. Let's talk about this, Kelly Wan. I think mm. there are a couple of ways to consider mm. uh, men. Um, is it an allegory? Is it a straight-up horror movie? Actually, and can it be both? It can be both, but it's kind of gray. But it's also... I mean, I think it would lean more towards the straight horror movie because there's a lot of meticulous... Um, lore up front like when she's like all their hands are hurt the same way like that's pretty specific and also the fact that her phone tweaks out when she's talking to her girlfriend that's that's proof that it's a supernatural occurrence like she's she's never in doubt about her sanity well Um, i i mean i would actually kind of go and there are other women in the movie right so it's not like it's just her against. If it was an allegory, I would say, if straight allegory, I would say it'd be her against all, all men in the village. I was actually bummed there weren't more men characters because I was really enjoying the dialogue and it, there wasn't very much of it. It kind of went into well, if, if, territory really quickly. So, so if you were to just because even if I were to just just dispense of the allegory stuff, it's a horror movie. Yeah. If you were to just watch this as a straight up horror movie, does it make sense? Actually, does it need to? Do you feel horror movies don't need to? No horror movie needs to make sense. Okay, I would say, and some of the best horror movies don't make sense. So, if I were to look at this as just a horror movie and just dispense of it as an allegory, um, I think what I just watched is a movie about a woman who had a nervous breakdown, and Uh, everything is, is from her subjective perspective, and we did not share in any kind of objective reality. That would be my takeaway if it were just a straight-up horror movie. Uh, and it sounds like you came away with a completely opposite perspective, though. Well, there is someone in her garden, and doesn't – what's the friend's name? Riley. Oh, Mildred. Riley. Riley. Yeah. Doesn't Riley react to the carnage in the front yard when what's-her-name's not there? I think she – you, you mean like the... We always have this debate. It's so funny. Like, what's real and what's not. Like, the American werewolf thing. Which I think well, I solidly crushed you on. Well, no, I think in this debate, I, I think... I don't know that it's a, a debate, but I think that is one of the things that is an issue for me in this movie. Is that I don't think Alex Garland knows whether he's making a horror movie or an allegory. I don't think I he ever does. He always jumps the shark. And I so disagree you, with that as well. Because that's another issue, Kelly Wand, is I, I think... I think Alex Garland is trying something new, and I kind of appreciate I, – I like that he's doing that, but I also think that he has failed spectacularly um, because I feel like his strong point is not this kind of dreamy, languid allegory stuff. Um, he does great plotting, like you know, 28 Days Later and Dread. Um, the, there's a, the, a game called uh, Odyssey to the West with Andy Serkis that has good plotting. I mean like he – Annihilation. Where do you put that? Well, Annihilation, and this is where I, I think 
it's he's on less firm footing. Um, Annihilation. I like the Jeff Vandermeer book. We've we've talked about that. You only but, read one of them. There's three. Right, right, right. But I read Annihilation, the one that the movie was based on. Yeah. And what I liked about that book was, um, it, it, like, I liked the the book because it was an intersection of cosmic horror and science, right? But what Alex Garland shot, I don't think was necessarily that. Um, right. And it, it works fine. It's like an adventure for a while. And I love the bear scene, for instance. Like yeah. that bear scene is the kind of direction that Alex Garland does really well. But what I came away from – what I remember about Annihilation is that it really fell apart when it got to that weird doppelganger bit at the end with Natalie See? Portman. But, but that's the thing is I feel that Annihilation became as annoyingly murky as men was throughout. Um, Annihilation started out fairly promising and it, it, it didn't do what, the, what I liked about the book. So it's going to do something else. That's fine. But I feel that what else it did was just kind of fall apart with a weird, funky ending that belongs in a movie that someone like Jonathan Glazer might do. But right. I didn't I don't see it working in an Alex Garland movie. Um, I feel like with men. Alex Garland is trying to make something like a Jonathan Glazer movie. And that's just not his strong point. Um. Um, well, he's trying to establish a mood. Oh, definitely. And, and that, by the way, the, <clears throat> the, and that when you talk about like the cinematography and certainly sense what he place. did with the music, there's a great sense of place and a fantastic sense of mood. Absolutely. Um, but what I hated about the movie is I don't know what he was telling me, is I think the movie is lacking any sort of clarity. I think it's lacking finesse, Kelly Wand. Hmm. Um, like I think it's super blunt and over the top. Uh, con- contrast it, for instance, to Midsummer. Right. Like Midsummer and Ari Aster, like he's like he knows how to do creepy and subtle, and he knows how to do finesse and small dynamics. Um, I just don't see that as being part of Alex Garland's filmmaking repertoire. Um, I think he's saying. Okay, wait. I had a question for you. Are mm-hmm. the dandelion pollen grains sperm? Well, I mean, that's part. I mean, it is basically like it's it's equating an ejaculation to those dandelions, right? Yeah. Like, like I think that's the whole idea, and we see the that's dandelion, that like that we see it drifting into the riding deer's eye socket. Like, like I, I got the ejaculation thing, and that was fine. But then he, like, it's all over the place. There's even one point where she comes to a halt, and there's a single dandelion seed drifting in front of her, and he obviously set that up, but I don't know why. Like, why is there one dandelion seed stopping her? Foreshadowing. But is that the like, one she gets in her mouth? <laughs> um, well, for like, I, when, when I think of allegorical movies, Kelly Wand, mm-hmm. they, like, Tatane was my favorite movie from last year precisely because it achieved this kind of allegory alongside. In Tatane's case, it was more like a thriller than a straight-up horror movie, but it's an allegory alongside another genre. Um, and in Tatane, the, the director has all this stuff in there about the opposition of steel and fire, machinery and the elements, you know, yeah. men versus women, parents, children, uh, birth on one hand and murder on the other. It's all about these opposites, and the whole concept is embodied in the combustion engine of a vehicle, you know, the interaction of fire and steel. Um, and, and it feels like that metaphor is central to the movie and it shapes everything that she does. I don't, I can't 
wrap my head or my hands around a central metaphor in men. Like why are all of the men played by Rory Kinnear? Is it because all men are alike? That's what I think it is. Or is it because all men are different, but they go back to the same place? They come from the same source. They eventually lead to the same result. Namely, in this case, this husband, a sociopath that she was married to. Um, well, and that there are no women involved in their creation. Like there's no birth canal. There's no female right. birth canal. It's their it, patriarchy is self-perpetuating. Sure, sure, sure. Right, right. And and I get that scene. I get that from the final scene, but I'm not sure why he is putting this in a movie about a woman having a nervous breakdown and imagining. Well, if things. I'm right, he's not. Well, so if you're right, then I mean, and I think that here's my other issue is I think it's ridiculous to watch this as a straight up horror movie because she never comments on the fact that there are 10 Rory Kinnears running around. I mean, if it were a straight up horror movie, if there were an objective reality we were seeing about a woman being terrorized by some weird village, she would say at some point, hey, you guys have the same face because I in the audience am saying that. I know the other people in the audience are saying it. Why isn't she saying it? Maybe she doesn't notice it. I mean, that that's that's a viable answer, Kelly Wan. You might be right. I Maybe think. she is an unreliable narrator. Well, I, I think Maybe she's Maybe they not. all look the same to her, but they are different. And then that kind of plays into your thesis, actually. Well, I mean, you're, you're throwing out possibilities, and those are all fine to examine. But I'm curious, you know, when I watch this movie, I kind of want to know what did Alex Garland have in mind? Because if someone just wants to throw out random patterns and let me try to read them – I don't need them to do that. I can just do it with a random pattern. I'm, I'm curious, what was Alex Garland saying? And I don't think that his movie was saying any, anything beyond fairly facile statements like, yeah, the patriarchy perpetuates itself and women yeah. get the short end of the state. Religion is – Exactly. Religion is ineffectual. A lot right? of sure, sure. Little kids are assholes. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. Like, But that's it. Like those are – there weren't any old men. You know what I mean? Unless you count country gentlemen, but like the vicar. I mean, I, I mean, sure, but there weren't enough men. Who was the blonde guy? He's not in it. What's he represent? What, what blonde guy? I mean, that's, well, the now you're guy asking with me, the mohawk. But see, if you're asking me what people represent, then we're talking about an allegory. If it's a horror movie, I don't need to know what he represents. And if it's a horror movie, I'm curious why doesn't she notice that they all look alike? But because I think it's a horror movie. I think the answer is that she is having a nervous breakdown. But then and she would they would but then she'd notice it. Like the guy and the father, you can tell he's noticing things are wrong. But well, that's not bringing it up because he knows it's futile. Right. We are seeing we as as audience members know that her perception is faulty. We are seeing the same actor playing different characters. Some of them are actually being fairly gracious with her. I mean, um, however, and mm-hmm. this is a crucial distinction, in uh-huh. my opinion. Uh, she's not acting nuts. She's acting collected, and even at the end, she's just like listening to, hearing him out, like okay. But she's got the axe in hand, and she's never, she's never Veronica Cartwright in Alien. She's Ripley for the whole movie. Well, but that's not how all movies represent breakdowns, though, right? Like some movies represent breakdowns where the main character thinks they're being completely reasonable. Sure, like, but I think like, there'd be more tip-offs. Well, what I'm getting at with this, Kelly Wan, is I think you're right that she is an unreliable narrator. Yeah, but I think it's a real monster. 
<laughs> but it's a, but but so versus an unreliable narrator. That's the okay. matchup. No, you think it's a real monster, or yeah. you think it's an allegory for patriarchy? Uh, I think it's or a real both. monster with okay. some patriarchal thing. That I mean, why her? And would that if she'd gone there without her husband, with without any of that happening, would all of those things have happened the same way? If if yes, it's a horror movie. If not, it's an allegory. Hmm. Yeah, because I I think it was I think or the it was other way around. <laughs> Right. Well, I, for me, it was just a poor attempt at an allegory. I was unable to That's watch. Okay, it. you might be un- right. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just unable to watch it as as a horror movie. Um, you, did you see Antlers, by the way? That thing with Jesse Plemons and Carrie Russell. Yeah. So, so Antlers is another example of as I'm watching Antlers, yeah. I thought for a while it was going to use this idea of of. Um, like a, a werewolf, but with poverty instead of lycanthropy. Like I thought that they were doing that, but by the time the movie was over, I realized, oh no, that was me just trying to read into this kind of superficial script about a deer monster. Right. Um, but so that that's kind of how I watch men is I'm wanting to know, okay, what well, you know, is there an allegory here? What what statements are are, are being made? Because I know it's not just a weird exercise in absurdity like a Charlie Kaufman or a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Um, like I know that's not what Alex Garland is is doing, um, right? But is, Annihilation's not an allegory. Um, I don't. And what know. about Ex Machina? Is I mean, Annihilation. An well, Ex Machina, I think is that's that's a classic example. I'm glad you brought that up. Of I think his strong points yeah. is he's just he, he's that's just a very basic situation between three two characters and a robot, basically. Right. Um, and that's what Enslaved Odyssey to the West is, too. It's just him writing for Andy Serkis and an actress named Lindsay uh, Shaw, I think. Uh, and I, I thought he did great with that. Um, Wait, is that based on the Chinese novel? Yep, yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a, I think, an, un, an underrated uh, video game. Yeah. Oh, that's and Devs. There's a, there's a TV show called Devs that I haven't seen that I know Alex Garland. He might, did he direct that or just write it? Do you I know? Don't know? Yeah. But I haven't but, seen that either. I might be a poster child for your original uh, statement that weed is destroying <laughs> your standards and your quality control. And maybe that's why I went into – because I went into men completely, totally baked, baked as fuck. Well, and, and so on that level, visually and like, oh, yeah, that guy's kind of creepy. Like I'm, I'm never scared anymore, so I can't tell what's genuinely horrific. Right, right. Well – I mean, there. Uh, I have to just assume. I have to look around me at uh, other audience members, and if they're squirming, <laughs> so, oh, I guess this is scary. Well, you when know, I remember when Dingus told it, he was all, uh, he went horror movies are uh, people in, moving in the dark slowly. What? No. What was that? You don't remember that? I forget. We were. I think we were. It was the Quiet Place podcast, and he made that statement, and I've never been able to unhear it in my head every time. People oh, about how, right, 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 right. in the dark in a horror movie you now. I see what you're saying, right. man. God damn it. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't, jump it doesn't always have to be that way, though. Like, consider no, Midsommar, no. for instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Dread and just different. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think what what the issue here for me, though, is I so – I don't I, expect much from Alex Garland. That's my point. Mm, yeah. How you I expect, that? Well, what I expect from Alex Garland is to know his strengths. I mean, that's that's one of really the worst things a writer yeah. can do is to 
attempt something that you're just not really good he at. He never has, though. Like, Annihilation, to me, was not a good adaptation. Like, yeah, I thought I agree. it jumped the right. rails. And I was a big fan of the book, so I was really looking forward to the movie. And then I was totally disappointed in it, like, from almost the first spring. Like, ah, oh, this is completely wrong. I hate everything. Every decision he's making. So now, so coming, I think that's the last Alex Garland movie, right? Annihilation? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. coming off that, men seemed at least straightforward to me. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel lost during it. Here, okay, here, I'm going to give you three words. It's a patriarchal horror monster. <laughs> That's all I, that was enough <laughs> for me to hang, like, all right, okay. It seems to be, I mean, based on the title and what's happening in the movie and her, her starting the movie with a bloody nose, like I can kind of fill in the blank. That's right. Well, and I, you know, I love the subject matter. Like, it, where, you know, I, I mentioned to you the movie Revenge that Coralie yeah. did. The, the There's film. a matchup. And and that also, again. And fighting. Well, in that movie, too, just loves its allegory. Mm-hmm. All that over-the-top mythic stuff when she takes peyote about the, the phoenix. And there's all even yeah. stuff with a bitten apple decaying and just the use of color. And there's a burning tree imagery. Right. Well, there's a lot going on in that movie besides the allegory. So it's good value. I think that's exactly, why men's right. annoying to you because, like, well, without if you take out the allegory, it's it, there's almost nothing. <laughs> well, my, my problem with men, I think, men is three things, and I can only accept two of them in okay. my movies. It is it's slow, yeah. it is indulgent, and it is confused. I can take um, I can take any two of those slow and indulgent or slow and confused or indulgent, but all three of them is is too much for me. Slow and confused you can take as long as it's not indulgent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll remember that, Tom. Like, okay, here we go. Uh, That's a tough trifecta. Eternals. Eternals, Kelly Wan, is yeah. confused and indul- indulgent. It is not slow. Um, under yeah, the it is. Eternals? Are you crazy? It's got like all these like, battle scenes and whatnot. Oh, there's like three. I actually think the, I think the pacing in Eternals is, is great. I like the staging and the battle scenes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it lives um, up to its title in terms of pacing. Eternal. Eternals is not yeah. – I mean compared yeah. to compa- – it'll take you eight hours to watch the Marvel Civil War line. You could watch Eternals four times in that time. What was on. better, Eternals or the Doctor Strange, Jason Aaron omnibus? I fobbed off on you. Oh, Eternals. As a movie? As a superhero movie? Totally Eternals. The movie is a better movie than the comic book. Oh, it was a superhero like, story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're dumb. Like, doc, no, I like Doctor Strange for reasons other than him being a superhero. Like, the the, uh, the Jason Aaron line? Yeah. No, I didn't like that because it was about superheroes. I liked it because it was this weird story about a wizard on modern-day adventures. I think you're hung up on categorizing, and you just need to embrace the chaos, <laughs> the creative chaos of men. In particular, and only. Kind of one. How did you feel about since uh, Northman? I can't trust you. Like, fair I, enough. Like, there was a time, Tom Chick, when yeah. if you didn't like men and I liked men, I would right. after the podcast, I go, hmm. And I'll admit, you were right, and I was wrong about licorice pizza. Although, <laughs> in my defense of licorice pizza, I hadn't finished watching it, and everything Sean Penn onwards feels like a complete. Nightmare dream sequence. It's different script, different everything. That's bad. Kelly Wan, but yeah, I, 
I never want you to ever change your mind on a movie because of something I say or feel about the movie. Oh, no, I'm saying well, – I am glad that you yeah. don't trust me anymore. I consider no, that yeah. a victory. So good. And now Let's I just think you're going. a total idiot. Good. That's the way it should be. <laughs> and I Tell hope what, the listeners have strong opinions on which of us is the crazy one. <laughs> This point. Uh, had you seen? Did you recognize? And remember Rory? American Werewolf when you factor that in? Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about Rory Kinnear? Because that's another thing, Kelly Wan. I loved the acting in this movie. Yeah, I loved Rory. That's Rory why Kinnear. I thought you'd be into it. I here's what I, movie. Here's how I would have been into Men. Mm. I would have loved <laughs> this if it had been like an experimental theatrical production in a small like black box theater. Yeah, like with with, with just one woman and then a dude playing all the men. Do a ninety-minute play, make it weird. Like I would have loved that. We that would have been play. awesome. William Atherton, I remember saw that playhouse. It's like horrible. oh, like in per- with William Atherton in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, it's very. Look small. at you. Yeah, the star of Sugarland Express. Ah, uh, you're right. It would have been a really good play. And then that was kind of my feeling is Alex Garland is onto something with this concept, but he's screwing it up by trying to make it a horror movie. That's my overall takeaway is if he had just committed to an allegory or horror movie, one or the other, but I think this trying to do it both ways, split the difference, like the dude's left hand, like <laughs> that just doesn't do anyone any good. I'm not uh, a fan of allegory in general. I think it's usually ham-handed and it's a distraction and it should be the last thing on your mind. Like if you're telling a really interesting story, mm. the allegory See, I, be, yeah. I bet you are, but – you're just not a fan of obvious allegory because I think 90% of horror movies are allegories. Right. But I've much like your superhero distinction. I will. Cause the thing that sucks about men, I'm willing to concede is it wasn't as scary as I was hoping. Like even I know I was making concessions earlier, like, Oh, audience members are my barometer for whether something's scary or not. Right. But I can get scared in a movie if I'm in the exact proper frame of mind and just, I don't know, everything has to be perfect. It's really hard to do. I'm sure it's the same for you because you're just as jaded as me. I don't, I don't get scared. When's the last time a movie scared you? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, because I like that you're bringing this up. I don't get scared. So there are two, there are two distinctions I, I would put here. I am constantly in fear of jump scares. Right. That They're and, always telegraphed. That should upset your, Fortunately, exactly. Fortunately, they're telegraphed, and I'll respond to that and maybe hold my hand up. But uh, so that's that's for me one metric of being scared, and that's the worst metric. Like I right. hate that. Mm-hmm. But there are some movies that I get so wrapped up in that, like, I feel uh, like sick to my stomach as I'm watching them. Call uh, out of space. That's and, and that that was an example where I got high and I watched that, and it just had this weird un comfortable effect on me. I think that was physical, though. I don't think that was a psychological. Nope, because what I'm about to describe to you... um, You threw up your eyes? (laughs) No, well, you know, I will... Let's take a quick break, and then I'll come back and tell you the last movie that scared me, and then we're going to play Good Writing, Bad Writing. Okay? Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's take a quick break for uh, this message from our sponsor, and uh, we'll Uh, be right back. I hope it's read intelligently. This episode of the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast is brought to you by Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Are you looking for a movie the whole family can enjoy? Chippendale Rescue Rangers is fun for kids and adults of all ages. This genre-defying comedy revisits the beloved cartoon characters Chip and Dale. 
30 years after their popular television show ended. Oh, yeah, man, that show. The two chipmunks live very different lives from each other. Maybe it's easier to tell them apart now, huh? But when a cast member from the original series mysteriously disappears, the pair must reunite to save their friend or die trying. See Chippendale Rescue Rangers exclusively on Disney+. And so the farmer says... I love it when we disagree on movies. I really miss this. And I'm kind of bummed now we didn't do an Eternals podcast. Because <laughs> I would have fucking shredded that off since. Oh, Woo, man. All right, you're so telling me, no, it's because of this. And, and explaining every stupid plot point, which I couldn't oh, care I could, less I about. Could, you go, I could talk you through all the Dude, details. Dude, yeah, all the celestials. No, no, that was before the revolution. And then the sun burned out. And then the black hole. And then this CG did that. And then, all right, save it for the podcast. We're going to oh, have yeah, that talk, yeah. 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 Okay. All right, Kelly One. So the last time I was scared by a movie, and this isn't literally scared, but this is what I equate with. This this is when I consider a horror movie is really successful, when it makes my stomach hurt and it makes me really not want to be there. Hmm. Uh, the last time that happened um, was a movie called The Innocents, uh, written hmm. and directed by a Norwegian fellow named Eskel Vogt, V O G T. And you know his name because he wrote a movie that was directed by someone called uh, Joachim Trier called Thelma a few years ago. Uh, Thelma I was didn't like, see that. Oh, you never saw Thelma? No, it was always on the list. I kept – Ah, I'm, well, Thelma was my favorite movie from that year and I love that movie. But the guy who wrote Thelma, he wrote and directed his own – it's kind of a follow-up to Thelma and it's called The Innocents. With and a T I, or a C? With a T. With a T. Okay. Right. Because it's about children. But I should and, watch Thelma first. Hmm. Yes. Well, Thelma's definitely the, the better movie. you scared. And again, again, Kelly Wan, Thelma is amazing with that allegorical stuff. Like, it's not okay. an allegory. Thelma is a straight-up horror movie. Okay. Uh, but, but there's amazing allegorical imagery in it. Uh, that supports the points that it's making. But anyway, so the guy who wrote Thelma, he went off to write and direct his own movie that's exploring some of the same things in Thelma. But it's exploring it with much younger children, and it's exploring it in a, a way that would never in a million years happen in an American movie. Uh, and I was miserable watching most of it because it's a I, Thelma is one of these – I mean I'm sorry. The Innocents – Thelma I would recommend to almost anyone. But The Innocents I would recommend to almost no one because it's a really grueling movie to watch. It is a really difficult watch and that's what I consider. Like when I talk about – when somebody asks me if a horror movie scares me or affects me, that's the kind of effect that I both crave and dread. Grueling because, is a weird – okay. I'm, well, because by the time it's over, too, like a good horror movie, I think there should be some profit or some value, even if it's just catharsis from, from that kind of right. dread. And Innocence, I, I feel, did that very well, but I wouldn't recommend it to someone. Uh, another example, like we both loved Hereditary, and I thought yeah. heredit like Hereditary, I just felt awful in the theater watching that movie. And really? That's, that's well, just because I, w I was scared. I was uncertain. I was confused. I was, yeah. I was worried for the characters. I was jealous of you. Like, I'm never scared for myself in a movie. Like, my, I, I think I'm way too rational. But I do empathize with, with characters because that's what a good movie makes you do. And I therefore sort of feel not literally their fear or pain, but their ang that anxiety 
it's something that the audience experience and the innocence um, is like hereditary in that respect to you oh yeah yeah definitely the innocence there like were really terrific so there, there were times during the innocence and i don't think you're going to feel this way you're probably going to watch the innocence and go oh tom you're such a lightweight but there were times during the innocence that i literally was thinking you know what fuck this movie i, I I'm, I'm walking out of the theater like i if I hadn't been in the theater, I might have turned it off. Uh, it was like that kind of situation. Well, I found Hereditary to be a jolly romp. So. <laughs> well, but that's the thing, Kelly Wan. I can go back now and yeah. watch Hereditary, and I don't feel the way I did when I first watched it. But You know what's coming. But, no, 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 no. I don't feel the way I felt when I watched it, but I remember feeling that way. Right. I remember that it made me feel that way, and I still have this appreciation for it. Even if it's not as visceral or immediate as the first time I saw it, I miss feeling that way. I mean, I that for me, it all goes back to Jaws as a kid. You know, the yeah. moment the shark jumped out, I leapt under the seat, and I didn't see the rest of that movie. I, I was I was hiding under a seat and and whining and asking my mom, "What's happening now? What's that noise? What's going on?" I was terrified, and I forced myself back to that theater multiple times that summer until I could keep my eyes open for the whole movie. And I think that has defined, you know, that gets to my whole, was Jaws or Star Wars more formative to you? Um, this, this conversation I have with Dingus all the time. Well, Jaws but, I still like, and Star Wars I'm embarrassed by. Come on, Star Wars yeah, you should be you embarrassed heard me. by. What? I mean, come on, it, it, was a, it was a Southern California hippie film student. All right, the bringing first his, one. Bringing his science fiction D&D campaign to, to celluloid in the 70s. When people were making like cop movies, come on, Kelly Wan, like Star Wars is an amazing achievement. It's a dumb comparison. This is silly. It's a waste. <laughs> but anyway, of but anyway, my point animals. being, I miss feeling that way as well, and and I know that it's why I'm so into horror movies yeah. is I'm chasing that Recaps. thrill. Chasing that, the that, dragons. That, well, but that I learned as a child. Yeah. Like it, it's not. It, it's it's. What's just, the closest you've come? No, no. I, I mean, I come with things like The Innocence and Hereditary. That's why I love those movies. I, I You know, Tatane. I was super uncomfortable watching Tatane. Tatane is – I mean, Tatane makes me uncomfortable in very different weird ways than like sharks and, and, and These demons. These movies just make me giggle. It's just so interesting to me. Like the well, movies come you're, on. You're plucking – yeah, I know, but I'm talking about – I mean, just to, so you feel better, it's like the movies – like the last time I was scared like, – Blair Witch was scary to me. Like the the forest is scary. The woods in black mm. and white were scary. And, yeah, that, and that's a way stupider answer than what you're saying. So it's like, it's interesting to me that the ones that are scary to you are, I laugh off and I'm scared of like dumb, you know, I guess it's, bullshit. It, Kelly Wan, it's that I can recognize scary when I look at those dark woods in Blair Witch Project, but it doesn't rub off on me. It doesn't like, hold I, up too. Like I, I wish there was a movie well, where I can watch every time I watch it. It's oh god, this part's coming up. Like I did when I was a kid. Like the thing. Like when I'd rewatch the thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, right, right. Up, blood test coming up. Right. Blood test. But yeah, I see what you're saying. But each time now, when you watch it, it becomes more familiar and less strange and scary. And yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and now you just watch Alien to just admire its craftsmanship. Like there's no, not even a residue of unexpected well but see that's where i disagree because i do feel residue like i remember how it made me feel even if i'm not actually feeling that i'm remembering being a kid and just being totally freaked out by this mouth inside of a mouth yeah no i have the memory i just know i don't you just don't feel it anymore yeah yeah it's like i 
It's like I've been married too long. I need a new. <laughs> I need a new wife. Kelly Wan, you're constantly looking for strange, aren't I, you? He's <laughs> strange, man. I can't. Well, and I'm a horror. I'm you and I are both. I like. I'm getting it from books more now, and he, maybe even TV. I'm trying to think, but. And that's know. another thing too is I don't know that books men didn't deliver it the way yeah, I was hoping. Yeah. I liked men for other reasons. Well, and again, you know, there were certain things in men that I really liked. You know, all the Rory Kinnear stuff. Uh, are you ready? Let's actually, because I do have oh, some yeah. issues. I have some issues with the writing. So oh, Kelly yeah. Wan, I have here three lines from men. Let's play good writing, bad writing. You ready for that? It's always fun when we don't agree from the get-go whether a movie's well-written or not, and then we play this game. <laughs> yep, here we go. Okay. Good writing, bad writing is not to be used in any fiduciary, financial, academic, or medical capacity. It is strictly a subjective enterprise based on the perspective of one person with an advanced degree in an unrelated field, but from an accredited institution of higher learning that happens to be Ivy League. Although the findings of good writing, bad writing are negotiable, all decisions are final, official, and binding. All right, Kelly Wand, <clears throat> I have here three lines from the uh, dialogue from, from men. I was one uh, for four last week. In one, in one case, it's a few bits of dialogue. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the line, if you have any questions about the context, you can ask me. We can talk about it. And then you have to tell me, do you think it's good writing or bad writing? You're trying to get three points here. The rules All are right. really complicated. Here Thanks we go. for outlining them. <laughs> do you play piano? No. Kelly Wand, was that good writing or bad writing? And do you remember that moment? I remember moment? it. I'm so it's, it's, it's early on when uh, when uh, uh, Jeffrey is showing her around the, the house. Uh, they walk into the living room, and he's pointing at all the stuff, and he points at the piano, and uh, uh, he says, uh, there's a piano, and he says, you play the piano? And she says, no. And he says, no, neither do I. Never have. And they walk on. And then later, she plays the piano. Do you remember that? Like, she sits down and plays the piano. Right. So fact, later, when she's showing Riley the house, she shows Riley, oh, there's a baby grand. Riley says, you play piano? And, and she says, as a matter of fact, I do. And they just well, keep talking. That, that's good writing. Thanks for explaining why it's good writing. Oh, shoot. I jumped the gun, didn't I? Yeah. Kelly Wan, you're right. That is good writing because of the reasons that I just explained. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 you should do that every time to make it fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love how – I remember it, liking that line though when she said it even just because it was – she said it in like a – either – whether it's true or not, she's not going to play it because she's a fucking trained bear. Which one's well, it's the sort of thing that makes me like want to watch the movie again because I, I know that when she says it to Riley – She's lying. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. She says it to Riley. Like, she's happy to have small talk with Riley. She yeah. just was trying to cut off any small talk with this Jeffrey guy. Like, right. like, the Jeffrey guy was representing, like, microaggressions or whatever, and she just wanted yeah. him to get out of there. So she didn't want to admit that she played right. piano. And it just – so I want to look at that moment with Jesse Buckley because I love her as an actress. Yeah. Uh, Cause it, cause I loved her character. That's another thing I think we disagree about. On the movie. Oh, no, no. Well, I liked her. Like I said, like I would love these characters in a stage play, for instance, something okay. less murky and that wasn't trying to just be a – She reminded me movie. of uh, The Exorcist ingenue. What's her name? Ellen Lee? Burstyn? Ellen, yeah, Ellen Burstyn or like Lee Remick or one of those people. I, I get like an omen Lee Remick. Lee I, could, I could see that. Yeah. That's why I was thinking I was liking the movie more than you. I was getting like 70s omen vibes a little bit. Well, Kelly, one, one of my issues too, um, just because um, – I, what, what is it? I'm thinking of ending things. Is that the name of it? The Charlie Kaufman thing with her and Jesse Plemons? That you like – now eventually yeah you know that i really but that i had a hard time it's a difficult watch and i struggled with but i think i I really like it i don't know that i but at any rate watching this just made me keep it kept making me think i should really go back and watch i'm thinking of ending things like there were many times in men 
that I wanted to see Jesse Buckley in some nightmarish, absurdist drama. Oh, that's her? Yeah, yeah, it's the same person, yeah. She's also the woman from uh, Chernobyl. Um, all that's Jesse Buckley, yeah. How can you not like men, then? It's her. What are you, crazy? <laughs> all right, I'm one for one. Go all on. right, Kelly Wand, here we go. Uh, this is a little kid wearing a mask. He says from behind the mask to the vicar, why don't you fuck off? And then the vicar says, you first. Kelly Wand, is that good writing or bad writing? Well, Gerard, I believe, uh, would have something to say about this. <laughs> Wait, when does Gerard tell – is that from uh, – from, uh, shoot, cop land or cop shop? No, it's from Olympus's Fallen. Oh! Remember on the phone? It's a running gag of the podcast, you bastard. I, do, I knew I knew it I've from somewhere. I've like four different sessions I knew it that. from somewhere. I just didn't know what it was from. Very good. It's no. a fan favorite. <laughs> Gerard. Maybe it's just me that likes it. That's usually why anything stays. But, um, yeah. It's, um, it's bad writing... Because he's telling himself to fuck off, which is what the Gerard joke is. Gotcha. Right? I'm right, aren't I? Oh my god, Kelly Watt, that is brilliant but wrong. Uh, it's good writing because I think that is an excellent rejoinder to any insult. Kelly Watt, let's try insult me. Go ahead. Give me an insult. I love you. That's not right. an insult. Come on. Give me one. Okay, I hate you. Um, well, give me okay, an okay, all right, all right. Wait, give me an insult that's like a second person imperative. You're stupid. No, it has to be a second person imperative. Like you, you do. Go ahead. You do things really dumbly. Well, no, like you're telling me to do. Tell me to walk off a bridge, a short dock into a lake or something. Do something. Go like that. have sex with an ugly supermodel. You first. Are ah, you? See, chick. <laughs> oh, you chick. Oh. I got egg on my face. That's the so frustrating. Thing is, when, if, do you remember how the scene with the vicar ends? Is she, she you know, he, he, he has that weird thing. Well, did you give him time to yes. apologize? And right. then she leaves. She leaves saying the exact same thing to him. She leaves telling him, fuck off, fuck off twice. Right. And he does not say. You first. <laughs> and I like to think it is because he remembered he had to put on chapstick at that moment. Because there's that weird moment where he pulls out the chapstick. Like short put, round in everything. Oh gosh, but he doesn't eat the chapstick like short. Oh, yeah. so he's thinking it. He's thinking you first. I, I know. I, I was thinking he couldn't say it twice because he just used it on the kid, so he wasted it. You can't say the same <laughs> rejoinder, especially because you just did it to show off in front of her. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not going to work a second time. Uh, I, I just also stealing from her arch nemesis, the kid. So. There's I really did like them. Rory Kinnear in this, though. Just all of the I know. Kinnears. Um, there was right, enough yeah. to like. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. So what was your answer about what do you you first? uh, It was good writing. That's what I said. Kelly Wan, you have two points, even though I think you were trying to do some jujitsu around it being bad writing. Putting you down for good writing. Well, Gerard Butler. That's true. If Gerard Butler would use the line, he's Gerard Butler is not going to use a line if it's not well written. The single set of tracks is from where I was carrying Gerard on the beach. (laughs) Kelly Wan, here we go. This is is an exchange. There's uh, four lines here. He was stalking me. Ooh, what makes you say that? I saw him twice. Well, you saw him twice, but I don't know if he saw you once. It's not quite stalking, is it? Kelly Wand, good writing or bad writing? Uh, 
he did see her once, so it's bad writing. Says, and but he, he, oh, go ahead, go ahead. He's saying, I don't know if he saw you once as to show her that she's dumb. Well, she's saying, he's stalking me. He says, how do you know? This is a cop, she, right? Yeah, 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 in, in the bar. Uh, and she says, well, I, I saw him twice. And she says, well, we don't even know if he saw you. That's hardly stalking. Wait a minute, you just changed the line. Well, no, I wasn't. That was a that was a paraphrase. I didn't read it. Literally, the line is. <sighs> Wait, I, so paraphrase is now part of good writing, bad writing. Oh my god. Well, no, I was trying to explain the 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 intent of the line. Like, I, I think you were getting hung up on what. Well, you know, what? I will leave your recollection of of the moment to you. Okay, good writing. I just what, uh, what I'm getting at. I get. I'll I'll just go ahead and say what I'm getting at is I really like how at this moment they are making him sound reasonable even though we understand her anxiety. It's not the usual, just that he's not believing the woman. Like it sounds like he's being perfectly rational and he's trying to be helpful in a way. So it's he's just not, good writing. Well, I think it's good writing in that because we're not sure what's going on, we're not sure what to make of this exchange, we're not sure what she's actually seeing or not seeing, we're not sure if he's a monster, we're not sure if he's supposed to represent, hey, men will never help you. I just thought that the ambiguity in that exchange, they both are making good points about this event, namely a crazy naked guy terrorizing some woman by not being where he's not supposed to be. I mean, they're both talking about the same event, but from different perspectives. And I think they can both sound reasonable. I think the flaw in good writing, bad writing is um, the delivery sometimes matters. And his delivery wasn't menacing at all. And that contributed a lot to the effectiveness of the line. Well, exactly. And that, that's part of why I, I mean, why I think Roy Kinnear is great in this. But it, that, that, whole, that whole thing about, I saw him twice, he's stalking me. And then there were, I mean, that's a reasonable thing to say. Is, I think I'm I just, just looking for traps in your little twisted mazes of games <laughs> and words and semantics. All right, well, Kelly One, then you're just going to have to tell me what your score is because I uh, can't keep I said track. good, but I All was – All right, so Kelly One, you have a perfect score. You aced this one. No, I missed number two. You're I was 100%. kidding before. I missed number two. But I the did like, like – like, I, I did like what he was doing with this idea of Rory Kinnear as a – you know, a stand-in for all men and different types of just bullshit that women have to put up with. Like, I like that idea. What's the other female cop represent? Man, I don't know. And did you know, too, it was really weird. They even credited everybody's second favorite La La Land roommate with uh, being the voice actress for The Dispatcher. Like, even Sonoya <laughs> Mizuna got a credit in men for being the uh, – voice actress she was also the the dance she's the one because they only had one actor one male actor well she was the robot who danced with um oscar isaac and ex machina and she was in annihilation i think alex garland just likes working with her so she's he just carved out a a place for her as a female dispatcher but but the the female cop who shows up that was odd because it does kind of throw the whole conceit out the window doesn't it yeah because she's reasonable and sympathetic right right but you never see her again like you go oh she'll be she's either in on it or going to be a victim well in on what kelly well i mean if there's a patriarchy monster at this town why hasn't it terrorized the lady cop well yeah she doesn't seem terrorized so you're saying saying she's part of it um (laughs) yeah i'm laying traps for you kelly wand 
Well, I admit I didn't get her role in the allegory part. Well, it, and that I don't think that or, I mean I don't think there is one. No, yeah. that's why I'm. In fact, she was one of the main reasons I go. Oh, it's a horror movie because there's a girl cop in it. Right, right. Not... Yep. yep. It does kind of lull you into. Oh well, I thought I knew the conceit here. Everybody's going to be the same actor, and they're all dudes represent. Oh nope, here's a lady cop, and whoa, she's effective and sympathetic, and uh, oh well. I saw it. Remember when you were like, "Hey, Atomic Blonde's awesome because she's constantly fighting dudes who are surprised that she's fighting them." Okay, right. Forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember making that point about Atomic Blonde, but I will accept it. You accept uh, my bluff? I do accept it. Yes, your bluff. Oh, I remember now. It's th- this is an annoying monster in men. It's about a dumb not powerful patriarchal monster who dies really easily. And, <laughs> and, and if you wound one of them, they all take the wound. So it's really stupid. I mean, like, the there's no is, allegorical reason for the wound. Explain the wound allegory. Right. Well, the wound is, it represents where the, the spike in, uh, ripped James's arm open. Is that the wound you mean? Oh uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. I mean, but, that's, the but there's no, Right. All the men's injuries were, you know, the collapsing ankle and the the, the split arm, uh, which is also weird. Like, I think they were trying to invoke, like, don't some animals have like this mating appendage? They all the men are different forms of uh, ways men annoy women, and like the husband's form of annoyance was guilt trip after punching her. Well, I <laughs> he mean, was a twofer. <laughs> I mean, I think the message that it's saying with that birth stuff at the end was that all men eventually end up being sociopathic husbands. (laughs) Right. Like that, that seemed to be me. That seemed to be the takeaway. And I don't know why. They're easily dispatched. No thanks to the lady cops in your life who won't (laughs) uh, be around in the bar later. I mean, unlike you, though, Kelly Wand, is I don't think there was a whit of just straight up horror. And I don't think there was a, a drop of objective reality in this movie. Yeah, there was. The phone. Come on. I mean, even the then, like, the, like, the, like, was technology somehow? It. Yeah. He's supernatural and uses, like, uh, the ring. If you could think of an iconic Sadako shot. uses technology and... Uh, Wells, both. She uses videotape and televisions. She does, yes. Wait, uh, re- that doesn't re- make my point. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little baked. What was your like question? I, so I, right. For me, one of the iconic images from the movie is near the end, and I love it too, by the way. There's a shot where uh, after it's so random. She's driving away, and she hits Jeffrey, and Jeffrey gets in her car and drives off. And I don't know, whatever. But there's a shot where she's standing there. Oh, I forgot to put that in the opsis. And it's oh. deliberately framed with trees on the right, and there's the Milky Way coming up from the horizon, yeah. and she's standing there in the frame. Yeah. And it's deliberately framed to have the cosmos and nature and Jesse Buckley right there in the frame. And a woman. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Kelly Wand, it is amazing. And that right I agree with there, the movie. <laughs> And that right there is what you want in a kind of an allegorical artsy movie. But do you remember what happens in that image? No, I don't. I don't remember this. 
Jeffrey has decided to turn the car around and come tearing back to oh, run yeah. her over. And instead of her going left and right, she Charlize Theron's it and runs right. straight, but she gets away. But instead of leaving us with that amazing image, nope, Alex Garland is going to have Jeffrey, who just drove off for some reason, for another reason that we're not privy to, he's decided to turn around and try to run her over. He's a dumb like, monster. He doesn't I mean, know what he's doing. I mean, if, there's a, if this is a movie about a dumb monster... Boy, he is a dumb monster. But I thought with that shot, which seemed to be something that Alex Garland was working towards, I thought he was showing me this really cool image of nature, woman, cosmos. He is. And then, like and I then said, Jeffrey comes driving annoying back man. for annoying a stupid man lesson. Shows up. <laughs> I do like that shot. interpretation. Fair enough, yeah. Kelly One. Yeah, yeah, you're making my own case for me. Wait, was that all a good writing, bad writing? I feel like that was only three. Good writing, bad writing was just the exchange with the cop. The uh, do you play piano? There were only and, three. Well, because then I figured there would never be a tie. Normally, there have only been three. But right, uh, well, I got two, so I. Oh, you won! No, no, you definitely won. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get number two right. Yeah. I was just joshing you. How did you feel about the CG? I was stealing the Monopoly money. Oh in yeah. This movie. Did you ever um, notice the CG? I'm not really good to ask that question about. Like, everyone was bitching about the She-Hulk CG in the trailer, and it looked as dumb as every other <laughs> CG to me. I so do you I remember, never notice CG anymore. Do you remember when they put Rory Kinnear's face on on the boy? Like that looked yeah, that super was Uncanny iffy. Valley. Now, he, hear me out, and th this is this should be your point that you make because it's defending Alex Garland. What if that was deliberately a message about a mask underneath a mask? <laughs> like deliberately crappy CG application. Well, why wouldn't it be that? Well, because you could make it look less awful. <laughs> like, no, because the, the mask is cheap too. The princess. Well, and, 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 and that's the point I'm crap. making is, is this, the, the CG in there looked terrible, but I'm wondering if maybe it was a deliberate statement about a character wearing a mask. It's is, hard to say because, like, the cinematography is really good, so he cares how exactly. shit looks. Right, right, right. Exactly. In certain respects. And so but, I, I would be surprised. Like, I, that's why I was surprised at how much it stood out that it looked like a, a poorly done deep fake. Yeah, but that's an annoying thing about males. <laughs> Again. So you're saying everything in this movie that didn't work was an intentional message about men being yeah, annoying. Yeah, because a man wrote the movie, and so he's the annoying writer. Fair right? enough. If I a will woman had written it, you wouldn't accept my bluff. <laughs> you wouldn't have these problems. But All right. I'm really surprised the acting wasn't enough for you, because you're usually an easy room on that front. I am, I think aren't this I? was really good. No, you're right. The acting was very good. Well, here's an issue. Uh, Coming off I Doctor don't, Strange, I don't think it gave your brain. I don't think it gave uh, Jesse Buckley much to do. No, it didn't. I mean, just to look terrorized, but I mean, she didn't really have that much of, a, of an arc. But that's that's the, her tale, Tom, is she wasn't challenged. It was an easy out like Baron Mordo. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly Wan, this bodes uh, well for how rich a discussion we're going to have about our next movie. Oh, really? Yes. We will have all sorts of things to explore about the allegory of Top Gun Maverick. Wow, wow, holy is shit. It, is oh it, is it just a jingoistic action movie? Or is it an allegory about American power? Who knows? Let's find out. Let's go see it. What do the missiles represent? Oh, Kelly Wan, sometimes a missile is just a missile.
Uh, I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Kelly Wand. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. But I know that it works, cause I've seen that it's true. If you just let it go, it'll come back to you. It'll come back in space. Where do babies come from? I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have what? Eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Hi, this is actress Kelly McGillis. If I'm cut from witness two, also, I'm going to be really sad. <laughs>